Hello, this is Alistar the Interviewer, and today I have two special guests, um, which name is Josh and Nikki. Nikki, she was in my last episode, which we talked about the Eurofil. It was really fun, and we talked about it for like one hour and five minutes from my last episode. We had a really good time, right, Nikki? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was really fun, man. I was not expecting to be that long, you know? But oh, man, I s- you get me started on UFOs and aliens, I can talk all day. Yeah, man. I, I still had a good time, though. And um, so, yeah, I have Josh, too, man. I'm just glad to talk about fishing and all that, so... Yeah, um, yeah. today we're going to talk about fishing experience with, with Josh and Nikki, so I'm pretty excited about it today, so yeah. Might even touch about the UFOs under the water. Um, <laughs> dang, man. Okay, so are you guys ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, let's get started. Um, so, um, when was the first time you guys went fishing? The first time I went fishing was back in middle school. I had met my friend Damien for the first time in the gymnasium. Mm-hmm. And we got to talking, and he asked me, hey, do you want to go fishing? And I said, well, I've never been fishing before, so we found this little ditch by a park, and we just started catching bluegill out of there. Oh, really? Oh, wow. You said this was back in middle school? Yeah, back in middle school, mm-hmm. probably about about maybe 10 years ago. 10 years ago? How deep was this ditch? Um, It was only about not even a foot, <laughs> foot and a half. <laughs> we were catching fish, fish out of there just fine. Um, <laughs> Don't tell me you're eating this ditch fish. My friend did actually cook some of them. One oh time. man! I ate them just fine and never complained. Never felt a weird tingly never feeling. Felt weird. <laughs> never felt a weird. Never felt a weird feeling. That's crazy, man. About- mutated fish, there, are you? <laughs> yeah. What about you, Nikki? Uh, my early, first time I ever went fishing, I was with my great grandpa. Uh, he actually he was the fisherman. He even had a charter boat that went from like Tampa to Panama City. Oh wow! But uh, so yeah, it was, it's a family thing. But um, mm-hmm. I can remember specifically like we're going out. It's like five o'clock in the morning. My great my great grandpa's got his coffee, his thermos, and I'm like, why am I up at five? And then he gives me my first cup of coffee. Yes, I'm drinking coffee at like four or five years old. I've been drinking coffee already for like two or three years. Yeah, so okay. <laughs> it's nuts. I'm not that. I feel like if you get introduced to fishing, you immediately get introduced to coffee. It's just hands in hand. Oh, wow, man. <laughs> Dang. And yep. then, oh, you go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Okay, I thought so you would. Oh, no, I'm not done. Sorry. Oh, sorry, man. Yeah, no, no. I can remember this very specifically because it's like. We had a red pontoon, not a pontoon boat, one of those red dinghy boats, like your stereotypical fishing boat, and we're getting put, uh, he's pushing us out. Funny thing is, he asked me to push out. Okay. And I'm like, I'm this tiny little kid, man. You know how hard it is to push this big boat? Yeah, man. <laughs> so I'm like struggling as a, like, imagine uh, a kid version of Hulk, and he's just like, Rrr. Oh my God, man. It just never worked. That's crazy. And finally, he pushed it out for us, and then we went out. And I remember catching, it was really cool, was, um, I threw my cast, it was probably the first three times, I caught this fish. I remember getting it up and realizing it was a redfish. Mm-hmm. Snapped. The line snapped. I lost everything. Probably an hour or two goes by. Same fish somehow gets on my reel. The only reason I know this is because I reel it in, and it's got the, our hook on it. Okay. And it's still there. Oh, really? And yeah, so I get my fishing hook back, and I get my new fish. And that was my first fishing day. Oh, my God, it was a lot man. Of fun. For me, I can't remember when was the first time I went fishing. It was probably when I was little. And by the way, um, I didn't I didn't like fishing when I was little or when I got older. Oh, not got older, but when I was a teenager too. Mm-hmm. But I finally realized I started to enjoy fishing more when I got older. So just like you guys. Well, know. I feel like, and, and this is a me thing for me. Like the older you get, the more you realize that like fishing is all about just 
be outside of aesthetics. You don't have to catch a fish. You don't mm-hmm. need to do these things. Exactly. As long yeah. as you mm-hmm. go outside and you're sitting there in peaceful tranquility with yourself and the ocean and the nature, you're just happy doing it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Fishing's fun. Yeah. Like I said, when I was little or when I was a teenager, I didn't enjoy it though. But I feel like I I finally realized when I got older, I started to have more fun with it. You know. Yeah. You know, it's not all about like catching a fish. It's just all about like. You know, relaxing and all that, which exactly. which is really helps me enjoy the 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 nature and all that. So yeah. Why do you think you always see an old guy drinking a beer? <laughs> oh my god, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was me when I was younger. I fished for a while in middle school and then high school. I kind of just forgot about the hobby, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna pick it up again and see what happens. Okay. <laughs> um. So, who made you guys interested in going fishing? That would be my friend Damien that I mentioned before. He's the one that taught me, and he's the one that really geared me towards fishing and how to fish in a good way Mm -hmm. and really get the most out of it. Okay. But as for saltwater fishing, there was a guy that came into Goodwill. His name's Carl. Carl, okay. He gave me a little pack. Not Carl from The Walking Dead, right? No, not that Carl. (laughs) (laughs) He gave me a little pack of soft plastic minnows and some jig heads okay and he told me go down to the bailey bridge and see what happens with them so i went down there and i threw in for the first time in salt water mm-hmm. i didn't know anything about it it yeah. was, was completely different but i remember i threw it out and sure enough i caught about a foot long trout with my first throw oh, wow. out Jesus. that's actually like i'm not gonna say that's a lot but it was like oh holy cow I'm it was it was definitely different because i wasn't expecting to get anything honestly i yeah. knew nothing about lures i had never thrown a lure in my he life he probably gave you the specific kind of color that he knew i think get. he was you know what i mean because i noticed that every time i threw that color they were right on it yeah and he had to know dang do you still keep in contact with him today i do i don't see him as often just because of his work schedule quite but. often um, you'd know him if you saw him. He comes in with his little dog and his, uh... Yep, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, you can tell. He looks like an old fishing guy. By the way, we, we all work together, just so your listeners know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we all do work together at Google. <laughs> yeah, man. It's pretty awesome that we're talking about this, you know? So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, um, what about, um, what about you, Nikki? Um, who my first one was my great-grandpa. Really? Uh, he, yeah, he was really cool. Uh, my great-grandpa... We called him Papa. I don't actually remember his real name, which is kind of sad. But uh, it's okay. It's okay. It but, happens. No, you're good. I actually still have his fishing hat, and when I do go fishing, that's what I wear. Okay. So it, like it brings back that nostalgia, that nice feeling of being like when you're a little kid and you still remember that the world's nice, or at least you think it's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for me, um, I don't know who made me interested in going fishing, but it's between I don't know. I went fishing with so many of my family members and all that and friends and all that. Um, but I know my, my father, Alizor, I know he was trying to... Um, I know I went fishing all the time with him, too, and my and also my stepdad, too. But, m- well, my father, he lives in North Carolina, my stepdad. Of course, my stepdad and my mom, they live here in Florida. And um, so, yeah, it's it's kind of tough, you know, because I don't really care who, who made me interested in going fishing because I've been, like, with every, like, not every family member, but I've been with... A lot of them, you know? Yeah. Like, like say, like, my Uncle Dio, then my Uncle Sam, then um, Uncle Joe, Alizar, my father, then my stepdad, then my mom. Got big <laughs> then my there. sister. Got big <laughs> I know. And um, who else? My grandpa. <laughs> then my grandma. And um, who else? Shoot. Then my friend Scott. Um, he lives in South Carolina, um, which is my um, my father's friend and all that. I actually still keep in contact with him with Scott, you know. He's, I feel like you 
fish is just as much as Josh does, man. He's no, way more than I do. N- no, I, n- I haven't fished in a while, to be honest with you. I haven't fished since, like, July, so okay. I can't. I feel like Josh fishes more. He has, like, more experience than oh, me. Yeah. That's just my opinion because oh, yeah. he talks about fishing all the time. It's not that wrong with that. He's just being. Well, that's his life. Yeah, Josh. It, yeah, Josh is awesome, man. Right? Yeah, Josh is one of the best fishermen I've ever seen, to be honest with you, you know. Even though I, I met um, with with um, with a lot of family members, you know, and also I forgot one person. Shoot, um, Leo, which is um, which is my father's ex girlfriend. You know, she's really nice and all that. So, yeah, I went with fishing with her too and all that with the family and all that. Just, who man, I can't name all of them, but just I'm pretty sure there's more. You know, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, also friends too that um, that fish over here too mm-hmm. and um. His name is Ryan and um DJ and um and of course I try to go fishing with you with you one time, hey, Nikki. We, we, it was Thanksgiving, man. I thought it was like it was during. I, I thought it was during Easter because I know I, think I went. It, I think it was during. I think Easter, it was me and you then um Phoenix. I think I had just been hired. Yeah, you. It was I about that so, time. Yeah. 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 Most I likely. This now. Yeah, and um, I think I think yeah, he had to go to your yeah. grandma's or something, right? Yeah, because it was Easter day and I was going to visit her because I. Yeah, things that's what happened. Away. Yeah, yeah, I get that, man. I just, yeah, yeah, I would have stayed home too, but um, yeah, it was just one time. It was at Easter. Um, it was just me, Josh, and Phoenix, and <laughs> I'm gonna tell that story later, okay? <laughs> because because that because that's for the other question, you yeah. know. So yeah, it was actually pretty funny that like because between you, and it Phoenix, was a pretty funny experience. Yeah. I was like, dude, come on, <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm gonna go with the next question because that's for another question, you know. So yeah, <laughs> um, so who is the best fishing buddy you guys ever had? Mm, well, I'm gonna go first on this one just because I don't fish with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I know I try and invite you one time. Yeah, before. well, it always ends up. But like, but that was a good reason though. Timing is terrible when it comes to most stuff. Oh yeah, especially with the way we all work, we never really absolutely have all the yeah. Off. This is like the first day all we've had off together in a long yeah. time. But uh, I, I think the last time I went fishing with somebody, it was <laughs> some, like, random homeless guy that was just fishing at the same spot I was. Dang. So I don't, I don't know. I, I can't say that they have a best person. Cause like, besides family members, I, that's all I really ever went fishing with. Mm-hmm. Did all of them like fishing? Or no? Yeah. Well, like, for me, I feel like... You don't go fishing unless you really want to fish. Because, <laughs> like, to most people, it's boring. Mm-hmm. And. Sorry, <laughs> I need to grab my drink for a second. <laughs> to most people, it's boring. So, like, if you go out fishing, I feel like you already have the intent of wanting to fish. So, therefore, you're going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Now, it's like if you're a partner with the person who's bringing you fishing or you're a friend and you're just going because you're friends. Yeah, you might not enjoy it as much, but you're still going to enjoy it because of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, I've been fishing with a lot of people and all that, so, yeah. What about you, Josh? Oh, uh, I guess... Hold on, I gotta say something. <laughs> okay, never mind, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> um, I gotta say, the most fun person I've ever fished with is probably going to be a mix-up between my dad... My friend Junior, of course, because that was always real fun. Mm-hmm. And my friend Damien. Damien? Okay. Okay. For me, yeah, for me, nothing. <laughs> but I had a lot of fun with everybody, you know? So, yeah. But, man, my stepdad, he loves fishing all the time, you know? Just 
He loves to go fishing and all that. But like, does like he I do said, catch and release, or is it all about like eating the catching the fish? It's mostly like catching them, but not like eating, you know. It's the catch and release. Yeah. Okay. That's usually what I do. Too. Yeah, it's really fun. So yeah, my said that. Yeah, I appreciate him. I appreciate him a lot. You know. Yeah. He. I know. I don't have really have time to go fishing, but I wish I had. But, but you know, just I know he is trying to invite me a couple of times. But I know I went fishing with him a couple of times. But, but with other times, then I had time. So yeah. But yeah, he's. Man, he's a fan of fishing too, Josh. My stepdad. Oh my goodness. So I feel yeah. like I'd get along with him. Pretty oh yeah, good. definitely. Yeah, he's awesome, man. Yeah, my father. I was like, uh, he's he's in North Carolina, so <laughs> long story there. <laughs> so yeah, he. Oh yeah, my my father. I was like, he loves to go fishing. So yeah, like I said, um, I don't really have the best. I don't really know who's the best fishing buddy I ever had. But like I said, like I've been with a lot of family members that went fishing. You know. Hmm. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um. Okay, guys. Um, who is the worst fishing buddy you ever had? Um, honestly, there's really not anybody that I fished with that I haven't genuinely enjoyed. Mm-hmm. There's a couple people, just kind of random people that I fished with. I don't want to say they were the worst. They just needed more time to more learn time. skill. Yeah, yeah, skill. Oh yeah, fishing takes a lot of skill. You know, fishing. You. It takes a lot of everybody patience. Yeah. yeah, everybody that's ever fished obviously knows you don't start out catching big fish right away exactly you got to start out with the smallest of the small and then slowly work your way up learn what they like where they like it how they like baby flounder (laughs) fun fact actually side note i actually ended up catching a one inch long mangrove snapper oh my god just little tiny thing i didn't (laughs) even know it was there i just was reeling my hook in and had a little flake of shrimp and sure enough he hit it Crazy seeing a little like one inch fish on the end of your line. I kid you not, he was about that big. That's it. I just, I was so sad. I bet you the fishing hook was bigger than him. It it actually was. I'm surprised it even fit in his mouth, honestly. Dang. Uh, What about you, Nikki? The worst person? I don't really have a worst person. I used to go like pretty much just fishing by myself. I was a very lonely, lonesome person, but that was just my own fault. But uh, I, I used to say like, um, I'm not going to say the worst, but the one of the weirdest times I had was when I I was in Colorado. I didn't have a fishing pole, but I found a reel. And mm-hmm. so I was like, all right, so we're going to make a fishing pole. And so I made it fun. I took a piece of wood. I found some staples from a staple gun. I hammered it in the wood and made a little line feed for it, and I duct-taped the reel to the, the piece of wood. <laughs> it oh was like God. the most ghetto uh, rod and reel you can ever imagine. At least Yana's way. I, I am, man. It's, it's so bad. <laughs> but mean, I caught a fish with it. And oh, man. That doesn't matter. That's a good part, man. <laughs> I mean, man. That's pretty much the equivalent of what I did. I found a bamboo rod, just like a little stalk of it. Mm-hmm. I cut it off. I duct-taped like oh, three right. feet of line to it yeah. and... Tied my hook you on You did it. the old-fashioned one. I did it the old-fashioned yeah, old cane pole way, and sure enough, I caught a pretty decent-sized blue I've seen people it. catch catfish that were just the size of their arm off that. I'm there's like, there's some interesting that? things you can catch off a cane pole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, it, was, uh, it was interesting because I was on the Colorado River at the time, and imagine just this little, like, punk kid 
taping together some really ghetto fishing rod. And no. just, I'm fishing underneath a railroad track. <laughs> so it's just that's crazy, man. It, I look like some homeless kid. You know what I mean? Mm. Just trying to get lunch. Oh man. Well, fishing, you know, is fun, you know? So. That was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, when is a good time to go fishing? Um, in, your guys, in your guys' opinion. I'm going to say my opinion, too, but so. Depending on what you're going out there in the seasons, definitely the tide. you got to watch for the tides. Um, the weather has a lot to do with it, too, but usually on a general basis, early in the morning and late in the evening tends to be a good time for most fish. Yeah, okay. Pretty what? much all the same variables apply. Like, I think of it as like a scientist because like you have to think when they're eating. You have to think of when the sun rises and warms up the water. You have to think of the tide pulls and how much the tides are out or in. Um, weather conditions. You have to think about all these things. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, for me, they actually have like a thing on the news with like, yeah the uh, actual fishing forecast. Yeah, they have a fishing forecast, so you can actually like pay attention to these kinds of Which, things. Even the oh, phases wow. of the moon can change it. It can change their mood just like the phases of the moon can change humans. So, do you know why the moon changes our mood? No. So our cerebral cortex, or no, actually, like the thing that holds our the fluid around our brain mm-hmm. actually moves with the tides mm-hmm. because oh, wow. it's fluid. Oh wow! Yeah, that's crazy. So because that's actually why almost all animals have these mood swings around mood changes is because it seems of like that fish exact get reason. a little more finicky when it's a full moon, and I always wondered why that's that was. Why. And that's just people in general. That's everyday human, like not even human beings, beings in general that exist on the planet. It all controlled by that cerebral fluid. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, man. I love science. <laughs> I know you do, man. Um, <laughs> um, so for me, I'm going to say my opinion, okay? So um, I think there's a good time to go fishing, I have to say, during the springtime or, or, and the summertime because I feel like it's much warmer, of course, every day because, you know, it's Florida, baby, you know? <laughs> Florida, it's already 100 degrees right when you wake up. <laughs> I know, right? Pretty much. Then, then you guys be like, Holy cow, it's hot. No, I love it when you take a shower and you're just as hot as when you're in the shower when you're outside. Oh, yeah. That, that is the worst and the best feeling ever. Because like, like, why am I even taking a shower? You're like, you're like why am I doing this, yeah, man? <laughs> Dang, man. Yeah, f- I, we barely have winter here in Florida. Yeah, we don't. It's very uh, hit or miss winter. But I know, I know it could get cold, but... It's not really a winter. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, technically we have two seasons... But winters doesn't not get long here, you it know. It exists for like a month, maybe. Then be like, bye bye. Yeah, bye. Winters bye. usually pretty short lived when it comes to Florida. Yeah, welcome to Florida, guys. Because yeah. I used to live in Idaho. Because I miss, Idaho, I miss the seasons. I don't, bro. Idaho, it was it was terrible, man. Like yeah, Minnesota. You want Minnesota cold, ice fishing, and negative tw- like ten degrees. I, I, Idaho could get cold too. Farming potatoes. <laughs> don't, Seriously though, man. I I don't want to talk about the potatoes, man. Please don't say that, man. Okay. Uh, you know I'm just joking, right? I, I you, you, you have like, you, a story you, behind this. You, you, you like, you like. What did I do, man? Potatoes everywhere, man. Uh, no, Potatoes Idaho taking over the world. Potato flavored soda. Idaho's like this, Josh. Like, like it's horrible. I would not go back there. <laughs> um, but I still miss some of my friends over there. But you know, of course, you know, I still came in contact with them. But, but okay. Next question. Um, <laughs> what what is a good um fishing spot you ever been to in Panama City? Really Josh and Nikki. 
I'll, I'm gonna let her go first. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, honestly, like I, I haven't gone fishing um, probably like six or seven months. But like my favorite spot was in these little cove inlets near Tyndall Base. Mm-hmm. I just feel like most people don't go back there because they're scared of getting trespassing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You're not trespassing as long as you're in the water. Mm-hmm. Right when you hit the land, yeah, that's trespassing. But there's really good fishing groves and outlets in there because, like, all these trees have just fell into the water, mm-hmm. and the fish use that as homes. And it, there's this, like, mini ecosystem back there mm-hmm. that people don't go back there anymore because they either forget about it or they're just scared of them, too. Oh, and wow. there's so many fish back there, at least from when I was uh, last went there, which is probably, like, a year or two ago now. So. Oh, wow. That's crazy. What about you, Josh? What's your opinion? Um, there's one spot in particular that comes to mind. Port mm-hmm. St. Joe is a really good spot. I know there's a lot of good beach fishing, a lot of good inlets and outlets. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Port St. Joe, there's a place called Topsail Hill State Park and Preserve. I've never been there, actually. Right. Never. It's a really pr- beautiful place. The past few times I've been, I've seen sea turtles, wildlife Ooh. everywhere, all kinds of cool things. Oh, wow. Just that seems nice, actually. real variety yeah. of life. But oh, wow. Crystal clear water? Water is usually generally clear. Sometimes the storms mess it up a little bit, but just absolutely beautiful spot. Oh, wow. And everybody knows where there's a lot of vegetation, clear water. Usually fish are going to be hanging out a little more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's crazy, man. That sounds really fun, you know, to go to. So, yeah. Um, for me, in my opinion, I think probably the bridge over there by the school, you know. Um, so. Well, do you know why that's a good one, though? Because, um, because... Because there's an ocean there. <laughs> no, well, so the reason that that spot's good is... Uh, is, it, is it because... Um, how do I say it? I don't know. Yeah, you tell me, Nikki. So there used to be a bridge there uh, before they built the new bridge. Mm-hmm. And when they decided to get rid of the old bridge, they just blew it up into, like, a couple chunks. Mm-hmm. I say chunks, realize these are big Yeah, pieces. like debris left over. Yeah, the debris. Yeah, I was going to say, is it because it's it more spaced out? Well, that you have more opportunities to catch the fish in the ocean? No, actually, they have more places to hide in this little crap, uh, in these, like, ecosystems because mm-hmm. of this natural reef that they've kind of left there. Mm-hmm. And it's gradually built up crustaceans and, okay. and so on and so forth. Okay. So they actually have, like, a full-on home. It's almost like a, a big hotel in the middle of like the Like a water. little sanctuary. Yeah, almost. a little sanctuary for the fish. But that's why you catch so much fish there is because it is like a fish sanctuary. Oh, wow. I Not never knew mention, that. Not to fish love structure. Basically, any fish you're going to catch, they love structure, vegetation. Well, obviously, I knew the vegetation, but I didn't know that. They love structure, the structure. It, okay. especially snapper and grouper, which are pretty common in those kinds of areas. They love to hide. Makes as sense. soon as you hook them, chances are they're going to run back to their cover. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get that hook out as quick as possible, and they know if they get you in that cover, you're not going to be able to pull them out. Oh, wow. Hmm. I know that. That's crazy, man. Um, what is the worst fishing spot you ever been to, guys? The worst spot uh, of of all time that you've been to. Okay. Um, don't worry, I'm gonna say my opinion too. Of course, you know, just I just want to hear you guys' opinions. Are we talking about worst as in like worst catching fish, or like the worst spot and you should not eat the fish from there? It could be both. It doesn't. Okay, cool. It doesn't matter, anyways. Yeah. Um, the worst spot I gotta say has got to be the Beta Bridge. <laughs> Why? Can you tell me why, Josh? Back in the day, there used to be a lot of good variety of fish there, but everybody's discovering it. A lot of tourists go there. Usually, it's the first bridge they see, so they're like, okay, let's go fishing here. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, because of that, a lot of the fish populations taken out of the waters 
especially illegally, a lot of people take a lot more in their pool than they should. Mm -hmm. And what happens when you do that is you have no parent fish, so you have no fish that are able to lay eggs and spawn. Oh, wow. That's, that's crazy, man. That's what happens when we overfish in general. That's actually, and don't get me wrong, the oysters were killed off um, from the hurricane, but we were actually already starting to have that problem. Oh, absolutely, oysters. absolutely. Yeah, I heard the, I heard the, the hurricane was terrible, man. Well, yeah, know? well, I, I was here for that, but, like, uh, that's a whole story in itself. But, like, specific, yeah. we're going to talk about specifically the oysters here. But, like, uh, and you know what Apalachicola uh, or yeah, Apalachicola. Yeah, oh, uh, Apalachicola. Yeah. Cool. I was like, I feel like I said. That I heard. Before. I heard cool. the war. Yeah, I heard close. of the war yeah. before. They're, what? I heard the war before. Apalachicola is just. Uh, it it actually has one of the largest oyster. Farms. Oh yeah, we used to get them like, quite often. That's where Hunts gets their oysters. That's where almost all of Panhandle gets all of their oysters from. But because of the Hurricane Michael, um, and because they've also were already getting overeaten, uh, they we we can't have Apalachicola. Appalachian cola. I cannot say that Appalachian word. Appalachian cola noises. Thank yeah. you. I cannot mm -hmm. say that word for some reason. You good, you good, guys. You good, man. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, we actually can't have them for like five years. Yeah. And in fact, we actually have to get our oysters imported from like Texas and Louisiana. Yeah, we've overfit, we've, well, overconsumed, I should yeah, say. Yeah, overconsumed and the hurricane. Oh, wow. We, they were already going to close it down for a season or two, mm -hmm. but now they had to for like five years. Whoa, yeah. dude. Not to mention back in the day, especially scallops. We oh, used to have God, a lot of scallops around problem. town, but the majority of your scallops are going to be real small, real tiny, quite often real very tiny ones. But back in the day, you could go to just about any shoreline with vegetation, you'd find scallops everywhere. Mm -hmm. Big scallops, bay scallops, all kinds. Okay. And okay. back in the day, a lot of people don't realize this, but if you look at some of the maps of the underwater structure back in the day, it's changed a lot. The beach erosion slowly over time got worse and worse. After years and years of battering on the shore, it's created deep holes and all sorts of different things. What's really interesting is, and I find that, I don't know whether they're still doing it, but I saw them doing it with the sandbars. They're moving the sandbars? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I believe they're gonna relocate the sandbars. Basically, I know they're working on dredging the water. See, I saw that has a lot that to do with that has a lot to do with the fish population too. Because when they dredge that water, they're taking the natural sediment out the water, so the sands becomes disturbed. When it becomes disturbed like that, there's not much vegetation that's going to grow in that silt oh, sand. Okay. So they yeah. eventually they actually have not to, to mention it makes the water a lot <clears throat> more shallow because all that sand is slowly coming closer to the surface. Yeah. Do you know anything about this? No. So not like, really. <laughs> Because of beach erosion, we okay. have to do one of two things. Gradually add more sand to the beaches so that beach erosion isn't a thing. Okay. And gradually move the sandbars back out. Because when beach erosion happens, the sandbars mm -hmm. move in as well because the ocean's being battered. The ocean line, shoreline is being mm -hmm. battered. That's why it gradually moves in. So oh. we have to eventually move these things out. Otherwise, they get too close, and that's what happens. Oh. But the thing about doing this is you're mm -hmm. also disrupting the entire ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And you're killing vegetation, and you're doing all this stuff, and we can't really do anything about that. We can plant more vegetation in the, these places that they're building the sandbars or past the sandbars mm -hmm. and so forth. But I don't know if they actually do that. It's kind yeah, of a I'm hard sure. thing to do, especially with relocating an environment such as that. Because not only do you have to 
put the vegetation there. You have to maintain it constantly. It's like well, yeah, it's like the solidity content of the water has to be perfect for that yeah. kind of vegetation. So and you have to make sure that it can survive the salinity content of that ocean because that salt air still carries a bit of that salt with it. And what happens is if you take a common house plant and you try putting it by an ocean. Oh, no, I'm not even talking about a plant in the, uh, on the side of the ocean. I'm talking about moving the ecosystem of the underwater world. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Behind yeah, the sandbar. If you take some, what, there's, that's, I thought they were going to do these things. It's kind of a hard process because if you take something that's naturally lived submerged under the water and you try to put it on land. That's also not what I'm saying. I don't think you quite understand. So, like, when they move that sandbar, there's that vegetation behind the sandbar because this are after the sandbar because the sandbar blocks oh, okay. that. So it's still under the water. So when we uh, move the sandbar back, that disrupts all the sand, like you said, and we're killing that vegetation right there. Is there a way to move that vegetation on the other side of the sandbar until we move it? You see what I'm trying to say? I get what you're saying. Like, if this vegetation's behind it, you're trying to move it. Exactly. Because we're moving, because we're still moving the sandbar. So why not just move the entire ecosystem? Um, you technically could, but I'm not really sure how the process would work. And yeah, yeah, I'm sure Mm -hmm. the funding for that would be a lot more expensive, especially ecologically. Yeah. Ooh, I just popped my finger. Ooh, that hurt, man. Jesus, man. (laughs) We, we, I feel like, and this is. Kind of touching, it's on subject, but touching another subject. We no, no, that's fine, man. I know, but yeah, I'm just telling you ahead of time. Um, very good. We care a lot about our oceans just fairly recently. I say recently, but like a lot more. I heard people like keep like sometimes, not all the time. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people like they don't care about the ocean, they just like you know, you, especially have you ever yeah. seen the, oh the God, beach yeah. in Chicago? Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. there's a bunch of trash in the water, dude. I, I went there one time when I was like 10 years old. I did not go in the water. I see a bunch of trash, man. Unfortunately, yeah, that's what ends up happening, especially with the more civilization that we're building and more structures we're building around town. What ends up happening is a lot of times that rubble, what they don't tell you is that rubble usually gets dumped right back to the ocean. They're not going to advertise it, but a lot of times what happens is they take that sewage water, and when they drain that water, it goes right back into the bay, the same bay that you're swimming in and fishing in. Well, that's like um, that's like the Mississippi River. There's some places in the Mississippi River they tell you not to fish on because there's so many different uh, sewer drainage pipes going into a heavily concentrated area. Mm-hmm. They actually, the higher you are up in the Mississippi, the mm. better, better and safer it is to eat those fish because they haven't been contaminated by any of the sewer system. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Never knew that, actually, about the Mississippi River. Mississippi is heavily trafficked. <laughs> I thought you said Mississippi Lee. No, Mississippi is heavily trafficked. No, I thought you just said Mississippi Lee. If I did, it was a list. It was, it was funny. I like how you yeah. said it. I was, I was like, what? I was yeah. like, come on. It's like, like, there's a- so many, uh, the Mississippi River in itself has so many different dams mm-hmm. that uh, it used to be, because in theory, it's fully legal to boat all the way through, mm-hmm. but you can't. No. Because you have to pay these levy fees. You have to pay all these other fees for all these other dams that are existing in it. Mm-hmm. So it's actually monopolized. Mm-hmm. And that's a big problem we're having. Oh, wow. Especially with the ecosystems of fish who run these things. They've actually had to make pipes for these fish to go into to make sure they get to the other side. It's actually kind yeah, of nuts. Especially yeah. with your, as everybody knows, salmon, they like to spawn up river. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Salmon, trout. 
trout do the same thing. When they go to spawn, they have to move up that stream. And if you have a dam in the way, you have to make some type of passageway where they're able to spawn in their natural location. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's why they create these pipes is so they can actually get to that because we've already blocked it off. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's crazy. Um, for me, I think the worst fishing spot for me is probably the probably the Bailey Bridge because I don't really catch anything. I know you used to say like Bailey Bridge used to be good, but... It's changed a lot in the ecosystem, especially as we all know, Hurricane Michael wiped through most of the landscape. Yeah. Just... Yeah, it's not the I don't I'm barely catch anything, you know. I wonder what a water spout does to the ecosystem. Like I want to see it played out in the three dimensions. It's pretty. I've seen a picture. I of watched the a documentary on just how like water spouts and things affect coral reefs. And I would like to watch. It's that. actually very interesting. Just have that thought come to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I seen. Have you seen water spout before? Yeah, I've seen a lot of them. Like the picture of it. No, I've witnessed one. Oh really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I watched a water spout turn into a tornado. Oh, yeah, it could do that, yes. I know it can. I yeah, yeah as, soon as, it hits <laughs> land, crazy. as soon as it hits land, it kind of dies. What's really fun tornado. is when they uh, hit the beach and they pick up sand, and mm -hmm. it's like a, literally a sand tornado. Yeah, I like was like... A couple minutes. Yeah, I've seen a couple of videos of it. I was like, holy cow, dude. I watched a water spout from behind um, schooners turn into oh, a wow. sand tornado and then actually just fully turn into a tornado. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's crazy. I... I'm pretty sure it happens here too. You it know, oh yeah, course. quite often. Yeah, especially um, yeah. especially offshore, quite a ways out from the shoreline, you see a lot more form. I never thought about that. I never thought about that. <laughs> really? Mm -mm. Oh well. Why? The further you are offshore, usually you don't have the coastal winds. So yeah. You have more of the natural ocean winds, which are mm -hmm. actually stronger. And those oh, yeah. are actually a lot stronger than your coastal winds because a you don't have the land to block it and kind of cushion it. And B, you don't have any structure around to potentially block those winds. So it's basically just a giant wind farm at that point. Oh, wow. I wonder why they have wind farms in the ocean then. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. You know they do. Yeah, they do. Judge <laughs> <laughs> is like, yes, sir. Um, do you guys think fishing is boring when you went for the first time? No, not at all. In fact, like, I was more excited. It was really funny. I feel like as a kid, I was more excited to get a cup of coffee <laughs> than I was to fish because coffee was like, ooh, your parents do this. Let's let's have some coffee. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But um, and fishing in general was a lot of fun. Like, I remember catching my first redfish, and it was like the biggest woohoo moment of the time at, like, at, when, at that age. Mm -hmm. And it was like one of those, and especially bringing it home the same day. Mm -hmm. scaling it, gutting it, and then eating it all in the same day, and you just feel like this, you feel like, I don't know, you feel like amazing, because you did this. Mm -hmm. You get a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, what about you, Josh? Um, Definitely, I have to say the same thing. It definitely wasn't boring, per se, but it was frustrating, definitely. Oh, Especially yeah. having your line broken off quite a bit of time. Oh, yeah. and you gotta learn you gotta learn yourself how to oh, be yeah. independent enough to tie that on yourself. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. For me, like you guys know that when I was little and when I was a teenager, um Yeah, fishing was boring for me. I was like, uh I was not patient at all, you know. So <laughs> that that's really why fishing's a good skill to have, especially but, but I finally realized when I got older it's really fun, you know. It takes a lot of skill and all that, and, and you have to be patient and all that. So, yeah. 
one thing I've learned about fishing definitely on that aspect is the more patient you are, usually the more reward comes to it. Exactly, yeah. I if you agree. tend to wait a little bit longer, usually you'll catch a big one at a given time. Oh, yeah. Now, if you're out there, you know, two hours and you haven't got a nibble, then that's a little bit different. Yeah. You probably change your spots up. But def- <laughs> definitely, yep. you want to leave your bait sitting in the water for a little bit because not always are the fish going to be right on top of that. They're going to be swimming constantly through that water column. Oh, yeah. And as soon as that fish spots, smells, feels, whatever he does to that bait, mm-hmm. he's going to start keying in on that and find that location eventually. Oh, wow. Dang. Yeah, man. This, like I said, like I was when I first time went fishing, I was bored, man. I, I want to get out of there. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to go. I want to go home and cut up my fish and eat it. <laughs> oh dang man what happened bro when we fish for the first time a lot of times we tend to get a little overconfident or underconfident uh, true. some people think hey I'm going to catch a Jaws and as, as soon as I cast in and sometimes usually that's not always the case Yeah, it's not, it's not always going to be true what you say you know about fishing and all that and if you're going to catch something sometimes you go in and you're not sure what you're going to do you don't even know what a fishing pole is half the time <laughs> But usually it's in those moments you feel underconfident that you start getting a fish on. And once you reel that fish in, you have the sense of accomplishment. You're like, hey, I did this myself. Yeah, man. There's this TV show I watch called Stargate. Um, one of the big, uh, one of the like main characters owns his own cabin in the middle of Colorado. And mm-hmm. he has his own lake. Own lake, imagine that. Wow. I know. Um, but he specifically made sure that there were no fish in it. So he could always fish. He doesn't want to catch any fish. He just wants to fish. And when I watched that the first time, I was like, yes, that's what fishing is supposed to be. Yeah. You're not wanting to go out and catch fish. You're just wanting to go fish. Don't get me wrong. Catching a big red fish or a big fish, you feel great. You get a sense of adrenaline. Your blood's pumping. That's not what fishing's about. And that's what the whole concept of fishing with no fish is about. Yeah. You don't have to catch anything, you know. You just have to enjoy yourself. Yeah, enjoy. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, really the thing. A lot of fishermen, especially these days, the younger fishermen and the older fishermen, don't realize too much. They're always about, hey, i got to catch the biggest fish. I've got to have bragging rights for my Yeah, group. I heard people keep saying that. You know? But in reality, <laughs> fishing was never supposed to be about that. Fishing was more of a way of survival, if anything. It was, at the end of the day, you're catching food to bring back to your family to feed your tribe. Because mm-hmm. that's where it originated Native Americans actually used to make them out of fish bone, the hooks. Mm-hmm. And that was really the main gist of it. It wasn't about, hey, i got to catch the biggest fish. It's about, I have to make sure that my family's well taken care of. One of the coolest and oldest ways of fishing, and I find this is this comes actually from China, and it's cool to me, is where um, ch- old Chinese men, well, not old Chinese, Chinese man, no, sorry, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you good? <laughs> would what they would do is they'd have a crane fish with them. Mm-hmm. You know what a crane is? Yeah, I I heard about it a little it's bit. Similar to it. like, can you just explain it? Like, so it's similar to a flamingo, but they have a longer beak and it's not curved. Okay. And they have a long wingspan. They fly. They pick fish out of the water mm-hmm. like it's nothing. Okay. But what they did, uh, what the men did, was they sat with these birds. They got to know these birds. In fact, they became best friends with these birds. These birds would follow them around. And they would help them fish. So what it was, they would sit on the boat with the fishermen, mm-hmm. and then they'd go around. And then the bird would ca- dive into the water, get the fish for the fishermen. He would give the bird a fish, and then he'd keep one. Mm-hmm. And because of this 
like um, reward like based how do I put this reward based behavior mm-hmm. that's how we gradually got birds to help us fish and it is one of the coolest forms of fishing that I've ever seen it's very few people still do it to this day very very few mm-hmm. but it is just phenomenal and it's one of the oldest ways of fishing because like yes Native Americans from specifically uh, North America and South America were very predominant in uh, fishing but you also have the Philippines Oh, absolutely. Yeah. People oh, yeah, would definitely. dive. You know, they can hold their breath for uh, like insane amount of time. In how, fact, they know how long, though? Um, yeah, like somewhere, somewhere to like five minutes. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, it's insane. It seems like a little amount, but once you're underwater, every uh, second tends to count. Every second counts. But like, there are actually some people who, you know how we have eardrum issues because of diving so deep? Yeah, the pressure. They'll pop their own eardrums just to be able to dive deep. It's insane. I don't understand it, but it's what the people do. Wow. And it's it's really cool to me because the dedication that you have to have to do these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You have to have a supreme willpower over yourself, your body, and your mind mm-hmm. to do those things. Not to well. mention, we kind of modernize fishing as, oh, it's a recreational sport. It's a pastime. We do it when we go camping, go to the beach. Mm-hmm. But in these third world countries, like we mentioned, the Philippines, South America, especially along the Amazon River, mm-hmm. people do this as a way of survival. Well, it's, even rural places in China still. That's exactly, yeah. They're not going fishing and saying, hey, I got to catch the biggest fish to show my friends. They're fishing for the biggest fish because they're like, hey, I got to feed my family or else we're all going to die off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, and as much as like that survival instinct is pretty rough concept, it also brings out the most interesting and intriguing people when it comes to fishing. Because mm-hmm. you wouldn't, like the bird person, or the bird person, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, how many people would even think about connecting with a bird to like help them fish? Probably not it, that much. Exactly. And only because the cranes were around these Chinese rivers did that they, that watching them actually catch these fish, they're like, okay, we're going to befriend that bird. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Crazy, man. So a lot of times, especially a lot of professional fishermen, when you you see birds around, you see wildlife around, and you see them diving for things, that's usually your clear indicator that something's there. There's something that's got that bird's attention. Oh yeah, it's the minute details. I I myself pay attention to minute details. That's just who I am, and that's how I like. um, How do you determine on which way the current's going? You talking to me or Josh? I know Josh already knows this question. I don't know this question. So the easiest way is one of two ways. Okay. You can actually literally watch the water's path. Or okay. if you happen to have something that'll float that you don't mind tossing overboard, you let your boat still mm-hmm. and you let okay. the water around you still from your boat. You watch which direction And you literally throw it in there and you watch it. Because that's the column or the tunnel like he was talking about that the mm-hmm. fish are going to go through. Because it's the easiest for them to swim. They're going to pick up the most pheromones or smells. From okay. that tunnel as well. So when you fish that tunnel, you actually end up catching more fish. Really? Yeah. Wow. A lot yeah. of times, especially fishing in those kinds of heavy current situations, the best option you could really do, especially if you're facing right towards that current, 
throw as close to you as you can and just let that current mm-hmm. drag that bait right towards the fish's mouth. Because people will use like bomb, bobbin lures or whatever. Yeah, bobbers. Bobbers, yeah, I couldn't remember. Me personally, I'm more of a just weight, lead weight and uh, hook kind of person. But bobbers are good for a variety of reasons, especially when you're fishing kind of those low current situations. You want mm-hmm. your bait to just drift along. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you know me and science. No, you get you get mad. Not to you mention get... your bobber does another thing that's very helpful. It keeps your bait off the bottom mm-hmm. where it's not getting snatched up in rocks. Oh, yeah. It keeps <laughs> it just in the right depth to where that fish is going to come along and grab it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Thank you, guys. Um... What is the biggest fish you ever you guys ever caught? It was a twelve old foot. That that's the old guy talking in the back in the woods. You know what I mean? Oh man, it was a twelve <laughs> foot Alabama gator gator fish. <laughs> wait, wait, you been to Alabama before? No, we were making fun of how fishermen always like overemphasize their fishing trails. Is this, you know, this, this is, is only happened in Alabama? No, this is a very big story. I was about to say, like, what? This is a stereotype around the world. All fishermen, t- like, always take a foot to six inches off of whatever fisherman is telling the tale. Mm-hmm. And that's what real size the fish was. Oh <laughs> Everybody knows fishermen, we can't count. <laughs> no, they want to overemphasize what they caught. <laughs> we all know that, because we've all done it. <laughs> Everybody that's fish is guilty of doing that at least once or twice. Oh, yeah. Dang. What about you, Josh? Um, the biggest fish I ever caught that I remember, well, there's two that come to mind. Okay. The fattest fish I can say I've ever caught was a red snapper that I caught on a deep sea trip not too long ago. Okay. I think the guesstimated weight, they said it was about a 20-pound snapper. Ooh, snapper. Ooh, Pretty decent, fish. very, very large size, but unfortunately I had to put him back because he was over the limit for the FWC. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they actually had a weight limit. Yeah, they, I thought, like I knew that it was well, a base limit. I think I it was. Know. I think it was length too long. Oh, too. He was, um, okay. that makes yeah. sense. That makes I think sense. he was about a good 18, 19 inch snapper, so he was okay. a pretty decent size. But the second one was a redfish that I caught. It was about a twenty four inch redfish. Really? About, wow. Yeah, about a two footer redfish. Okay. It was okay. the first time I'd ever caught a redfish that big. Whoa! Realize it's the size of your arm. Yeah, it, Holy it was cow. quite literally the size wait, wait, of Wait, wait, hold on, guys. My arms are small. You know that, right? Yeah, that's, like, realize a foot. And this is six inches. Yeah, I know that. So, Just, like, that's wait. four of those. Oh, my goodness. Wow. It, it may I'm, have been, even, like may have been longer small. than that. But I do remember <laughs> when he hit, it bent my pole quite a ways to the point where I had to drag him into the shore, mm-hmm. walk backwards, and hope I okay. get him in. Oh, wow. That's crazy. It's a big fish. Yeah. He was big enough to where I... Every time I reeled, he'd pull more and more line out. Oh my goodness. It was it put so much strain on my pole, I couldn't even reel. I just had to just walk backwards on the shoreline and just kind of drag him in. <laughs> Jesus. That's yeah, funny, Dang. actually. Um, for me, the biggest fish... I I didn't really catch any bigger, biggest fish I ever caught. I never did, but it's mostly just regular size, you know? But I, I want to know who did, though. Okay, so... Um, this was during the COVID pandemic, um, March, um, I was with my, yeah, three, three years ago, almost three years ago, but, and, um, I was in South Carolina with my, with my uncle Sam, my sister, then my father, Alazar, we were fishing, right? And, um, so, uh, my sister, she, guess what she caught, um, Josh? She She, she caught a 45 pound catfish. Jeez. 
Yeah, I know. I was That's like, a big catfish. I know. That's I was a pretty like, hefty sized catfish. I think I think it was between twenty five or forty five. I can't remember. I know it's one of those two. I still think that's a big catfish. It's one of those two. I have a picture of it in my phone, but I'll show you guys later. You remember what she caught it off? Weapon? You remember what bait she was using? No. Was she noodling? Not sure. (laughs) 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 But I know I know she's kinda struggling. But I I think my five hours I helped her out, so that's good. You know, since you know catfish he's no man. <laughs> Catfish good. usually tend to hang towards the bottom. They don't really surface too much unless they're really looking for a meal. So yeah, I was like, "Holy cow!" My sister actually caught this. I was like, "Holy cow!" <laughs> the thing about catfish is they look like they're big and lethargic animals, but they're actually they're very fast swimmers. They're pretty much all muscle. Yeah. So when you're fighting this, you're not just fighting the fish itself. You're fighting all that strength behind that fish. Yeah, I was surprised she actually caught that. My sister. I, I still can't believe it's three, that was almost three years ago. It's yeah, I always feel like it was. Those guys that are listening, a forty-five pound catfish is quite literally enough to swallow your leg. Yeah, it's it's like between twenty-five or forty-five. I can't remember. It's one of those two, but I can't remember. But I know she, it was really big though. I was like, holy cow, dude! But so yeah, um, yeah, I thought that was crazy, man. But um, what is your favorite fish to catch? Catfish, hands down. I love noodling. Uh, to those who don't know what noodling is, it's you stick your arm in the water or in a hole. Yeah, no, I know you're talking just, about. I know, I know that part. For the people who don't know. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad you explained what it is, you know. Yeah, like, and then you wait for a catfish to eat your hand, and you grab it by the gills, and you bring it out. <laughs> it is the weirdest feeling you'll ever feel, because they have teeth. They, they do don't have teeth. have teeth. They're like little sandpaper grinders. Yeah, it's so strange. But when you have like a heavy catfish chopped down on your forearm, mm-hmm. it, it still hurts, man. It, oh, yeah. Yeah, everyone thinks it doesn't. No, it still it hurts. It still applies a decent amount of pressure, yeah. especially in that mu- jaw muscle. Yeah. Oh but like God. what the greatest feeling, and I feel like it's just because you feel primitive and you just feel, I don't know, there's something very primitive and primal about just ripping a catfish by its mouth out of the water and being like, this is mine. You're like, this is mine, this is mine, man. <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. Um, what about you, Josh? Um, my favorite fish to catch, there's a variety. There's one called a ladyfish, and the reason what? why I love catching these fish is because they always jump out the water every time you hook them. I feel like that's like all ladies. Very, very, <laughs> strong. <laughs> very strong fighting fish. They're usually not too big. They're maybe about 20 inches long at the most, but they're always a fun unexpected catch because they fight pretty hard they run pretty fast it's really a good rod bending fish Mm -hmm. and the second one's definitely got to be a redfish because they're a very strong fish a lot of muscle behind them a lot of power real powerhouse of a fish (laughs) i know what you're thinking (laughs) dang (laughs) try to stifle it it's okay it's okay um yeah (laughs) so um so those are your favorite ones to catch those are hands down probably my favorite. Okay. I'm trying okay. not to laugh here. It's okay. No, 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 we laughing about something else. It's just my hair, man. My hair is crazy, Josh. You know you know that, right? Oh yeah. My, my hair is pretty crazy, man. Just No, actually, it's not crazy t- today you actually. Don't have your weird bed head. Yeah. No I think calyx. my I think my is still on. You no, know. you don't have a calyx. Okay, good. Because I brushed it this morning mm-hmm. because I wanted to look nice for the podcast, you know? So yeah, of course, yes. But um yeah, thank you for Thanks for sharing that, Josh. And um, for me, uh, what's my favorite? Shoot. 
Uh, I have to say an alligator gar, in my opinion, because those are interesting to catch. Those, you know? those are weird looking right? fish. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, yeah, I think those are pretty interesting to catch. But um, to be honest with you, I never catch an alligator gar before. But I know my friend Steven has. Um, this was like two years ago. I was hanging out with my friend Dominic and um, Steven at the Bailey Bridge, and um, and my later on the night, um, well middle of the night, um, Steven he caught. Um, an alligator gar. I was like, holy cow, dude. Of course, I didn't want to touch it because I know it bites, you know? Oh, yeah. Because Very I don't want to mess with them, man, yeah, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Would you guys like to touch one or no? No, in all honesty, I do, but, like, I have this obsession with wanting to, like, if I don't know what it is, I want to go after it. And that's just me because I'm a very curious person. If you guys have ever felt, like, an armadillo's skin before, it's very rough, very scaly, kind of really hard structure it almost feels like sheet metal when you really? touch it okay, I want to but guess an alligator gar is the same way their scales are basically impenetrable well that's why you have to have an arrow just to get through it oh absolutely and <laughs> that's actually one of the coolest ways of fishing if you're gonna oh, catch yeah. an alligator gar on rod and reel you're gonna have to set that hook pretty hard because their mouths are very tough <clears throat> oh yeah definitely man i agree jesus man so um yeah like I said, um, alligator is one of my fish, my well, actually my favorite fish to catch. But to be honest with you, I, I never catched one before. That's a that's a goal for you for this year. Yeah, right? um, that's a goal for it, me as well. I've seen more, a lot, but never it's, could get it's, one. It's one of my goals this year. It's one enough, but it depends if I have time for fishing. You know, so yeah. <laughs> You're doing some other catching. Hardest part about alligator gar is a lot of people don't realize they actually come up to breathe air, just like we do. Really? They can actually not only do they use their gills, but occasionally they could surface and actually breathe the air that we breathe. What? Well, and that's cool. They're also man, Josh knows about fishing, They're man. also able to live in both saltwater and freshwater to an extent. Like, what are those fish that are able to hibernate? And they go under... Actually, like, when the, the ground... To the water goes back, and they're actually able to go underground and Believe breathe. it or not, those are actually catfish. No way! Catfish are actually... Because there's videos. You'll see videos of catfish... A lot of times what happens is the rainwater leaves the ground just muddy enough for them to, to where they can breathe. But they'll actually burrow themselves in mud holes and live there for however long it takes until the next that rainfall. That is cool. That is really cool. Well, there's a variety of fish that do that as well, but the main one's going to be a catfish. Okay, imagine Dang, like man. That's crazy, a hole the and all of a sudden a catfish just pops up. <laughs> there's actually, Dang, man. There's like, actually stories up. of... Um, there's a lot of stories, in especially like in Asian countries yeah. and Asian cities and provinces, where what happens is rainwater gets evaporated from those rain puddles, and it can l literally rain catfish. Because so many catfish concentrate themselves in those little rain puddles that it can actually rain catfish when the sun evaporates the water. Nikki's like, what the heck, yeah, man? What did I just now witness? I'm like watching catfish just rain down. That's all. Uh, <laughs> like, remember, it's cloudy with a chance of meatballs, but now it's thing. a cloudy with a chance of catfish. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty interesting thing to watch. I bet. I bet. Dang. It's almost a good thing too, because you basically have food right there just That's raining just from the so sky. Odd. I know. Crazy, man. There's okay. also stories of uh, frogs raining down too, because well, yeah. for the similar reason, yeah. the sun evaporates the water. And Here, cu curious question: Do the eggs um, can they float on the water vapor? 
I don't know. I'd have to do some research on that, but I think that's one of the reasons why it ends up happening is because while it's evaporated, it ends up hatching. Oh my god, this is really cool, actually. Very interesting stuff. Yeah, this is really cool. Yeah, man, that that's just crazy, man. Hey, man, fish have been around for millions of years. Yeah, man, evolution. This has a pretty interesting history about it, you Mm -hmm. know. How they fish and all that. I was like, holy cow. There's some really interesting stuff, too, if you look back. Which is pretty cool, you know? Like, back in the day and all that. If you look back at some of the prehistoric fish skeletons and you compare them to modern-day fish, you can really see the striking resemblance there. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I know my life is pretty weird, but... No, it's not weird. Is it really not weird? No, it's not. You purposely make it weird sometimes. <laughs> My mom, she hates it. When, not, not not hate, but don't like when I do that. But she thinks it's kind of funny. She's like, stop it, Junior. <laughs> she still laughs about it, too. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Next question. Um, what is the best fishing story during your lifetime? Best fishing story for me has probably got to be when I was fishing with a friend of my mom's. It happened to be her boss at the time. His okay. name was Ken. Okay. And we were offshore fishing on a special little reef that they share with another charter boat. And I was fishing and I felt the slightest little tap. So I went ahead and I reeled in and set the hook. Mm-hmm. And about the time I did it, dragged my arms and the pole over the side of the boat. So I was pulling and trying to fight it for about a good 10 minutes, and finally my arms were wore out. Because I would already caught quite a bit of fish beforehand, so my arms were wore out. So I said, <laughs> yeah. hey, can one of you guys help me? I'm about to lose this, whatever this thing is. So the captain went over, the guy's name, Ken, mm-hmm. went over, and he tried lifting it. Now, he's a muscular guy. He's got some beef on his bones. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of muscle content. Okay. So he went to pull the rod up to try to see if he could reel this fish off. And when he did, the pole just about snapped. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. That's crazy, man. We probably fought it for about a good 15, 20 minutes before it finally snapped the line. Yeah. When, when did this happen? Uh, this was a couple years ago, I think. Imagine you had a grouper that was like a Goliath grouper. See, that's, uh, that's the thing that eludes me to this day. It could have been a Goliath grouper. You know how big a Goliath grouper gets, Junior? For those, big, that, man. for those of you that don't know, the size of this table. For those of you that don't know, a Goliath grouper can quite literally swallow. They can they can get up to about eight hundred to a thousand pounds. Yeah, it's as big as a cow. You can get dang. Bro. There's Goliath grouper that have been seen and recorded to be quite literally the size of a car. Jesus, yeah. Oh, crazy. It's That's really crazy. Fish. Wow. They're big enough to swallow eight foot long sharks. Yes. Oh man, yes, fish that's... that swallow sharks. Oh. Isn't that insane? I guess that's easy for them. I guess. Yeah. Jeez, man, they like. Okay, I'm just gonna swallow you, man. Yeah. Jeez, man. That's like a whale. shark, man. There's like recorded things of where a whale accidentally swallows a human. Oh yeah. Have you ever seen these? I think I I think I heard of it, but now like. It was a diver, and he still had his tank on. He was able to get out. Oh wow. Wow. When did this happen? Well, I don't know. I read an article about it just like a couple months back. Oh, okay. Okay. That's crazy, though. That must have been scary. Oh, my God. Imagine being inside. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're wow, in a man. live organism that yeah. swallowed you whole. And, and he's the size of a bus. Or it's the size of a bus. God. No. You're, you're, I, I would, I, I'd be freaking out. Oh, I would, too, yeah. I'd be trying to cut my way through it, even though it's really sad. <laughs> Day. Immediately makes me sad. I know. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. 
<laughs> oh, what about you, um, Nikki? What was the question? I'm so sorry. No, no, you get <laughs> my good. brain was like you, blank. You, 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 you like what's the question, man? Yeah, I um, uh, what I asked Josh, what is the best fishing story? Oh, my best fishing story. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> this are, is gonna be a good. Thing. Are we gonna not, go not, off? Not, look, the next question is an embarrassing moment. Oh, okay, cool. We'll save that one then. Yeah, because <laughs> save I have that one story too. for just a moment. We'll save that one. We all have one. So. <laughs> um, no, my best fishing story. Uh, it'd have to be. Um, so we're actually fishing off of some jet skis. Okay. And uh, we're kids, and my mom's on one jet ski controlling it, and my grandmother's on the other one. And uh, so we're fishing. We're fishing. And this, this isn't even really about catching fish. This is just a fishing story that's fun and was funny. Mm-hmm. And um, my brother falls asleep while fishing. Oh. Yes. Somehow, he's like literally falling asleep mm-hmm. just holding his rod. He's like five or six. So mind you, I guess he's a little kid or a little enough. Okay. And he's sitting there on... The jet ski, as you would normally, he's starting to nod off and like fully fall asleep, like actually falling. And nice. as he's doing this, my mom has no idea that he's falling asleep. Oh man! When when did this happen? I'm if he's like six, I'm like nine, ten. Okay, okay. So this is this is many years ago. Wow. Um. So as he's falling, falling asleep, quite literally, he finally falls into the water. While he's fishing. Oh, And he man. finally wakes up, obviously, falling into the water. <laughs> Everyone's freaking out because, oh, no, our little son has fallen into the ocean. Let's uh, go get him. Oh, but it was the most hilarious thing to me to watch my brother, like, trying to fish and just gradually falling asleep because it's so boring to him. And actually <laughs> fall asleep into the water. Man. It was the best. Like, we didn't catch any fish that day, but it was the best thing ever to watch him literally gets so bored he fell asleep into the ocean <laughs> the best dang <laughs> that's crazy man um josh you want to tell yours right yeah I okay okay let yeah, me t- okay let me tell you let me tell mine um so shoot what's the best one? Oh yeah um so this was back in like april like 2021 and um I went deep sea fishing with my um my stepdad, then my mom, then um some two fishing crews too that worked there too. Then um then my younger brothers, then my um sister too, she was there too. Then um so I don't know how long we went deep sea fishing for, but um I remember one of one of the times and um my stepdad he felt something ooh, Jeez, my stomach. <laughs> it's hungry. I haven't eaten anything, but um, so I feel you. I, you know Let's that. You know that. But, okay, so my stepdad, I see. I was like, "Are you okay, man?" But he's like, "Holy!" I was like, "Holy cow! It's a shark!" Because you know he and one and the other fishing crew, they were trying to help him pull it out because that, that because that was a shark, you know, because it's yeah. heavy, you know, because I don't know how long it took. I think it was about like ten or fifteen minutes, but. Jeez, that must have been a struggle to get that out, you know? Jeez, out of the shark's mouth and all that. I don't know what kind of shark it was, but holy cow, dude. My stepdad and that fishing crew, I could tell their faces were red. They were trying to pull it out, you know, the fishing pole and everything, because of the shark had it in his mouth and all that. I was like, holy cow, dude, this is scary. It was close by, too, and all that. I wouldn't show you guys the pictures already. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. see how it was close by, but um, 
yeah, like I said, I don't know what type of shark it was, but I was like, holy cow, it's nearby the boat. Holy cow, you know? So, yeah, I thought that was one of the the best fishing story I ever had in my life, to be honest with you guys. So, yeah, um, so I thought that was kind of crazy, man. It, I, I, well, it freaked me out, kind of, you oh, know? Because it was to. Because it was close by. <laughs> yeah, it's going to. So, yeah, I thought that was one of the craziest stories, man. So, Fun fact about sharks, uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but... Sharks actually urinate through their skin. Yeah, I did know that actually. And their um, their defecation is actually so acidic that uh, when fish pass by, it actually burns their skin. Yeah, it actually does. Yeah, and then their stomachs are so acidic that they can actually digest metal. Really? Yes. Yeah, they actually can. Oh my god! Isn't that insane? Oh my god! Yes. That so is like crazy. they can bite uh, a chunk out of a sign, and somehow it actually digests Jeez. in their stomachs. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Man. That's really crazy. Okay, so we already done with that question. Uh, yeah, next no. question. This is going to be the best question, man. I love it. Um, have you guys ever had an embarrassing moment while fishing? All right, I'm just going to go ahead on this one. Yeah, I love this All question, right. man. <laughs> so I had just got back from Minnesota. I got back to the Florida, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start fishing again. So I grabbed my grandpa's fishing rod, I grabbed his hat like I normally would, and I was like, all right, we're going to go under Tyndall Bridge, which is an okay fishing spot. And uh, we get there. I'm by myself, thank God. Otherwise, this would have been really embarrassing. Mm. Uh, was it embarrassing? Oh, yeah, it's definitely embarrassing. <laughs> After I finish, you'll understand. Uh, so, like, on my way there, I'd gotten some really cheap coffee and some really cheap donuts from this really cheap coffee and donut place on the way. Mind you, super cheap coffee and super cheap donuts. So I'm telling you this ahead of time. Okay. Um, I drink and eat my coffee. Had a good thing. 30 minutes to an hour goes by, and all of a sudden, my stomach drops the floor and was like, hey, guess what? Those things you ate and drank were really cheap and did not agree with us. And I basically got food poisoning. Oh, man. Pretty quickly. I was like, you know what? We'll try to suffice because I'm already out here. I bike everywhere. So, like, yeah. biking to this place took me, like, 30 minutes. So, I'm not going to bike home for anything. Mm -hmm. I want to do all my stuff and my business where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, um, I go to finally cast, even though my stomach is feeling yucky. And on my very first cast, I, um, I let out a flatulence. For those who happen to know what the word means. And if to those who don't, well, I guess you better do some research to figure out what that means. <laughs> um, and as I unleash some flatulence, uh, I should have not trusted that flatulence because it was not a flatulence. What was it? It was, uh, it was a solid flatulence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a little bit more than just it gas. Was, uh, <laughs> yeah, a little bit more than gas there. Dang. And... I'm freaking out because there there's a salad. <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. There's a defecation man. in that flatulence. Dang. And um, so I defecated myself in the middle of fishing, and it was not fun. Because thank God I'm underneath the bridge. It's early in the morning. No one's around me. There's no patrols out on the water. There's no boats out on the water. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to clean myself up. Dang. And um, I proceed to clean myself up underneath this bridge, looking like a homeless guy. It's great. 
<laughs> so much fun. I bet you there was a lot more fish after I uh, cleaned myself up. I mean, you'd be surprised what fish they were, were willing really, to yeah, eat. No, they were going to eat that, man. They'll eat any of their own. And uh, so, yeah, that's definitely my most embarrassing. I still can't believe I'm talking about this on air. <laughs> I know. We have we have our be- um, embarrassing I'll, moments. I'll use the most scientific ways of saying what I did, though. Dang. I can tell you that much. Oh, yeah. Please don't. I did, though. That's I know. the most scientific way of saying that. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny, though. Yeah, you know? it was very exactly. funny. <laughs> They're definitely going to have to look up what flatulence means. They're going to be like, what is that, man? <laughs> I hope they know what that means. Uh, I would hope so. Not everybody's going to know, though. You're right. That's true, though. <laughs> uh, what about you, Josh? Uh, my most embarrassing moment of fishing was, it was about two weeks after Christmas, somewhere in January, like January 6th. And I was out fishing on the Bailey Bridge, and I was ready to try up a new rod because it was an expensive rod. It was probably about a $90 setup. Dang. So I was going out there. I was ready to have a good day, and I went to cast out. The wind was whipping that day, so Mm -hmm. it was a pretty windy day. The tide was a little rough. So I was going to make a far cast out, and by the time my hands got to the point in front of me, I ended up releasing for whatever reason and threw my whole pole in the water everything. What? <laughs> $100 rod! Fly! Yeah, fly! Let the, <laughs> let let the fishing pole free, man! Let the fishing pole fly, man! I don't know why I let go of the rod. I guess I was... Yeah. I don't know. I'd I just, be jumping in after it. Were, were you mad about it? I was mad, but I had to laugh. Dang. Because there's nothing else you can do. There's oh, nothing else I could have done about it. By the time it would have got to it, salt would have been in the reel, and it would have just been a mess. Dang, that's embarrassing, bro. <laughs> hey, you could have saved the rod. Do they make rods that float? Um, I don't know. I think the natural weight with the reel on it automatically sinks it. They've got to make rods that float. It'd be nice if they made like a flotation device. Yeah, if that ever they've got to make one eventually. Right? I mean, it's they do make rod floats actually. They do make ones that hook onto the rod oh, where you do throw it overboard to keep okay, it afloat. Cool, cool, cool. I didn't know that was a thing. So, let me tell you mine, okay? <laughs> the most embarrassing moment for me while fishing. So, <laughs> I think you already guys know this, but it's pretty funny. But, um, so, this happened, of course, like, um, during COVID epidemic when it happened, when I didn't have school. And um, I was in South Carolina visiting my father. My sister was there, too, and my Uncle Sam. We were fishing, right? I think it was, like, like 50s or 60s at that time, around that area, around that temperature. So, we, so we decided to go fishing. It was cloudy that day, too. I'm glad that. you specified temperature because I thought it would be like, are you talking about like the 50s and 60s with the afro? No, <laughs> you got, uh, um, so, um, so I don't really remember. Somehow I was on the other side um, and my uh, and my uh, Uncle Sam and my father, Alice, and my sister, they were on the other side too. But um, I was like, what am I doing over here? I forgot what I did the, with the other side and I chose to go to the other side with them, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a bridge I could cross and all that. So, I had a fishing net, right? <laughs> somehow, um, are you guys okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Okay, some, okay, so somehow, um, um, I was trying to cross the the little tiny bridge, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I had a fishing net. Janky bridge. Yeah, then um, somehow the fishing net um pulled me over and I tripped. Um, well, technically <laughs> fell back. I was like, "Holy cow, dude!" You would laugh, man. I would I mean, have laughed more if you would have fell. I know, but the bridge somehow caught the net, like, on the side of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, 
I was like, ooh, fell down. So I was like, holy cow, dude. Oh, my God. Dude. You didn't. You, were you left if, if you were there? I would have left. Of course I would have left. Everyone would have no. left. But what about you, Josh? I probably would have left. I dude. also had a fish uh, crap all over me, so there's that. Dude, I was bunny fools. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> we were running. We were basically running full speed. So yeah. Well, well, technically, well, not we, but me. I was running full speed, and somehow I just caught with the bridge with the fishing net, and I was like, Boop. <laughs> it was actually pretty funny, actually. So yeah. Um. So yeah. Next question. Um, what is the most dangerous fish you ever caught? Hmm. I've never caught a dangerous fish, but I've been around dangerous fish. Like I used to surf a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, and this was in Cocoa. No, this is in not Cocoa Beach, but um, nope, I don't remember. It's in Brevard County. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm in Brevard County, and we're surfing in this little lineup in this inlet, and all of a sudden, a bull shark pops up in front of us, like two to three feet in front of us. What we didn't know that under our lineup of surfers, they were mating underneath us and then mm-hmm. the people in the pier could see it and were trying to get our attention mm-hmm. we obviously didn't hear them and then when this bull shark pops up i immediately piss myself like in straight fear i just be uncontrolled Dang. <laughs> and i have never paddled so hard and so fast in my life really i know wow. i didn't catch it and it didn't catch me either. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm glad, I'm glad you saved, man. Let's give her a thumbs up for Nikki, man. Woo! Clap. I'm just talking. I'm glad, man. I'm glad you still alive. Uh, what about you, um, Josh? Um, I really haven't caught a lot of dangerous fish. You say that. You caught a puffer fish. What are you talking about? I did catch a puffer fish. What, what are you talking about, man? I did catch that. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably the most dangerous fish I've probably caught. It's, yeah, got to be the puffer fish. Yeah, that can kill you. Yeah, man. Yeah, they don't they don't mess around, man. Not only is it dangerous if it bites you because of the beaks, but if you consume it, it's got a swim bladder. Some t- I don't know if it's swim bladder or some type of thing, but it's an organ inside of it, and it carries a highly deadly toxin. And if you consume that toxin, it can shut your whole body down within minutes. Oh, wow. Well, you also crazy. have that. Uh, you say it would take about like at least like ten or twenty minutes to cure you, right? Yeah, just about yeah. something about yeah. that. Okay. But realize there also is no antidote. Yeah, there's no cure. Yeah. Once we've never, once you consume wow. it, that's it. Yeah, we've never found an antidote for it yet. You think you you think we will one day? Well, yeah, eventually. I'm sure eventually, given scientific yeah. evolution and all. Yeah, mm-hmm. but right now that's like a death sentence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, that's crazy. But you also have that uh, catfish probe. You do have the catfish as well. well uh, I mean, you had your catfish probe. Especially what they call sail cats. Those are a lot worse than most catfish because they have a very, very, very sharp uh, top fin, what they call the dorsal fin. Mm-hmm. And what happens is if you get barbed by that, it's basically the equivalent of a stingray tail going in you. Mm-hmm. Not only does it hurt going in, but as you're pulling it out, it's ripping and tearing wow, all man. kinds of things. Because it has serrations on it. It has these little barbs. That, mm-hmm. So, like, when you're pulling it out, each little barb is cutting through you. And they're like, ooh. I'm not going to say thing about cat- so barbs, but it's, it's quite a few. Mm-hmm. The thing about a catfish like that, not only are you getting the pain of the stab, you're getting the toys in it. You're getting the neurotoxin as well. <laughs> you get. <laughs> I almost said toys in it. <laughs> 
I heard you about to <laughs> I say toys. Yeah, I heard you say toys, and I was like, I'm just gonna go ahead and say neurotoxin. You like it doesn't matter, man. But um, for me, um, shoot, um, dangerous fish ever caught? Uh, shoot, um, I don't know. I don't really, I, I don't really catch any. Dangerous fish. I don't want to catch dangerous fish. No, to be honest with you, I didn't even want to catch. I'd say probably that alligator guard would be a good one. Yeah, that yeah, was a good I one. would say yeah. My friend, my friend Stephen caught and caught that one, but it was not me though. Have you accidentally ever caught a turtle or like a stingray or anything like that? Oh no. Okay. I've seen it before, but I never caught one before. Okay. To be honest with you, I'd never want to catch a dangerous fish, because um, well, alligator guards are dangerous too. Alligator oh, guards. But, but that's but. That's my goal, too, but I don't want to catch anything besides it, you know? Okay. So, yeah. I think it's cool how you have to catch them, you know Trigger I mean? fish are a little bit dangerous, too, because uh, a lot of people don't know this, but the reason they call them a trigger fish is if you push on the first fin on the top of their head, it acts as a trigger that actually releases their dorsal fin, which oh. is very serrated, very sharp, very pointy. It's almost like a push button for It's ba- It's basically the same thing as, like, a spring. Oh. If you push on that first fin, it immediately triggers the response it's, of that second Is it like fin. a nerve thing? I think it is. Or is it a muscle thing? I don't remember exactly. I think it's like some type of nerve that runs okay. in there for That's the fish. That's cool. It acts as like a defense, pretty much. Okay. That's awesome, man. Wow. Um, so, yeah, next question. Man. Man, we went an hour and 16 minutes for, for our podcast. That's our... Um, time right now, actually. You know, uh, well, I knew it was going to be long. There's one you got me here, and I can talk to anyone. Yeah. Me as well. You already had 28 but, questions. For yeah, me. yeah, it's pre- which it is good. 14 last time for me. Yeah, for about the UFO thing. Yeah. But we haven't even bring about UFOs underwater yet. Mm. You don't know about those, do you? I know bits and pieces. UAPs, man. Underwater, uh, no, unidentified... Um, aquatic probe. Aquatic probe. Yes, that's what it was. I could not remember it last time. That's what it was. <laughs> Dang. So, yeah. Next question, guys. Um, have you guys ever seen a shark while you were fishing? Yeah, I, I told you. Uh, well, okay, not not while fishing. If I'm being specific for fishing. Okay, no. okay. But um, that's also because I don't do a lot of offshore fishing. Okay. Never. What about an alligator while fishing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen plenty of those. What about but you, Josh? Um, I can't say I've seen specifically a shark but i've seen some interesting things while fishing okay okay well of course me i've seen a shark while fishing because you know i'm in dc fishing with my stepdad and my other family members you know so there's a lot of sharks in dc dc you said dc that's what you said, i didn't right? say dc oh that's what you just thought you said no as a as a deep sea fishing deep sea yeah. i thought you said dc sorry <laughs> you, you're like I about washington dc for some you, weird reason. i bet you were like i bet you were like wait I was what so confused. you were like what bro yeah, what do you say what do you say junior <laughs> well there are a lot of sharks there oh there are that's cool that's cool. oh i get that i got that that's funny <laughs> it took me a second to catch that though no. <laughs> 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 very funny okay so um yeah for for me for alligator uh no never while I was fishing never alligator yeah we actually have them all around uh you can find them or anything dude I'm sc- dude yeah. I will never mess with them you know they don't mess around man like no, like no, this like like this like no 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 man you get your you get anything caught in them they'll just put you in the barrel roll yeah it's, it's like it's done for you it's, it's game done. over not so. just that not only does the mouth do a lot of damage the tail does too. If Those they, tails are honestly. If the they tail whip things. you, it's strong enough to break a bone or two. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, guys, I gotta ask you guys your opinion. Okay, what you think is more dangerous, sharks or 
alligators. Neither. Hippopotamuses. <gasps> well, well, it's kind of chill because they're the most dangerous animal in the water, right? I gotta say hippopotamuses right? too. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Alligators and sharks are dangerous and all, but they actually fear us more than we fear them. And, and what's a really cool thing about sharks, and we've only figured this out in the last, like, five or ten years, is the uh, magnetic field thing. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? They actually even make them on... So, you know what surf leashes are? That's where you, like... Put I them heard in. about them before. Okay, so you have a leash around your ankle to your surfboard, so it doesn't just... Oh, yeah. I, okay, I think I've but, seen those um, before. Okay. So the new ones have these, like, little electronic pulses to them, so they actually fend off sharks. Because sharks actually can yeah, feel... Yeah, they tend to go away from magnetic pulse. Yeah, they can actually feel your electro, um, your magnetic pull. They can, they can feel, feel your heartbeat and all kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, they can. It's oh. really... They're really cool animals. Um... So when you put off a different electromagnetic field than what you are, they get mm-hmm. thrown off by that, and they tend to deter away from that. So like one of the biggest um, shark deterrents for beach areas are actually buoy systems that put off these electrical magnetic charts. They actually do this in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, it would be really cool is to implement that around Florida because they definitely don't have them, but we, we, we probably should. Oh, and wow. over time, science shows that a lot of times we get a lot of sharks around the California and coastal regions, which, of course, being Florida, we get a lot more sharks that tend to go there. Yeah. Wow. So like, having those kind of deterrent systems in place would actually be really useful. We don't get as um, – actually, I don't know the statistics anymore, but like we used to not get many sharks there. I don't think we still do anymore. We still do get the occasional one, especially bull sharks, which, well, yeah, bull as sharks we know, are, are quite an aggressive species. They're the most aggressive, right? Oh yeah, I, th- I think they're one one of the most aggressive. Okay. Wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Wow. Usually, if you hear a shark attack around here, there's usually one of two. I, be- I barely hear any of them about the shark attack thing. There's usually one of two culprits to blame. It's usually either a great white, or it's going to be that. I've other seen shark. a lot of reports on black fins too. Black fins do tend to be a little aggressive, especially when provoked, especially yeah, when a lot, a lot of noise is added. tiger sharks. Tiger sharks, they tend to be a good one, too. But notoriously, almost predominantly, it's going to be your bull sharks. It's always bull sharks. <laughs> bull sharks, yeah, true. Um, are you guys scared of getting in the ocean or not really? Um, I have what the most Hawaiians would say. I have a respect for the ocean. Okay. Because she is beautiful. But she can also stab you in a second. Oh. So never turn your back on her. But also give her love and respect. I'm going to try it because I, it's fine. I, mean, I could go in the ocean, but I mean, like, if I can't see it, mm-hmm. what's under the water, then I'd be like, okay, I'm out of here, bro. Yeah. No, see, like, the same I, for Josh, I think. I, I got to agree with Junior here. Yeah. I want to go deep sea diving. I want to do these things. Like, I want to swim with a whale one day. That's something I personally, that's a goal of mine. Really? Yeah. Like, is this a year, your year ago? No, my year ago. I, I gotta but, like, future, right? Yeah, this is a future. Person. Oh, okay. Like, I want to swim with a whale because, one, they're, they're smarter than us, and they've been around True. so much longer than us. So it's yeah. really cool. Um, and then there's and this is me talking about UFOs again, but there's this theory that, um, so you know how whales communicate through um, ultrasonic sound and sonar? And mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, because whales communicate on that deep vibrational level, you know how we get uh, freak random frequencies from space, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what people search for for aliens are like these random frequencies from space. Mm-hmm. So we think, or at least people who believe in aliens and stuff, 
they theorize that in um, the aliens and whales possibly communicate somehow. Mm-hmm. It's a weird one, but that's also my just my obsession. Okay, okay, that's pretty interesting. Um, for me, yeah, like I said, like um, I'm I'm scared of the ocean, like unless I can see things. Yeah, I I go, but like if it's, I can't see in the water, oh, I'm out of here, bro. Why you, Josh? Yeah, I'm the same way. If I can't see or I don't know what's underneath me, especially if I can't touch the bottom, that's Have a big one on either me. Either you two ever surfed? Um, no, never no. surfed, but always wanted to. That's a lot of fun, and that's what, I don't. honestly that's what got me to have my respect for the ocean, and like I, I trusted myself in it more. Cause I've had a many a shark brush up against me. I've had many weird, strong fish and big fish that were like the size of my board, and I'm just like, okay, we're just gonna keep battling, respect you, cool. Dang. <laughs> but like, I don't know, there's this simple beauty about being surrounded by aquatic creatures that as long as you're okay with it, it's quite a beautiful feeling. Like, one of the greatest times surfing was having a dolphin join me, because they'll ride waves too. Yeah, they ride waves. Yeah, and it... It's such a magical feeling having a dolphin like go and skim right beside you. It's it's amazing. Wow, that must be cool, man. It's so much fun. For me, I I think it would feel feel weird for me. I'd be like, holy cow, it's near me, you know. Well, like, um, do you remember the feeling you felt when you used to hold an eel, when like those uh like ocean places? The, I don't the think I ever held an eel actually. So, like, uh, the, the, what's the local aquarium at... Uh, uh, Gulf World. Gulf World. So, Gulf World, you can hold eels, you can hold crabs, you mm-hmm. can hold all these things. I've only been there um, once. It was back in, like, five... I think, when was it? That was in, like, fifth grade. It was, for me, it was six years ago when I came to visit here for oh, the okay. summertime. When I say for, like, the whole summer. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Next question. Um, do you guys believe... See that... See, um... Sea divers have seen, like, weird things in the ocean. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, we were just talking about the Goliath grouper. That in itself is weird. That's yeah. basically as big as a sea cow, which everyone Pretty much Have they seen, cows. like, do you guys think um, they've seen, like, um, a type of fish that they can't, like, really describe it? Oh, yeah. Um, many, many times. Many times. Not like, that they, oh. not, they cannot name it. I know we, we were talking about this before we started the podcast, but, like, remember the show um, River Monsters, right? Yeah, River, yeah, River Monsters. Monsters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, River those, Monster, man. Hands down. That's one of the best shows. All those fish that guy found, oh, my. Like, half of them were supposed to be extinct or weren't even supposed to be around anyways. Mm-hmm. So that in itself was amazing. Or do you remember that big stingray he caught? Yeah, that was a very like large stingray. Yeah. feet in, like, length. Yeah, like, creatures like that exist all around us, especially... We're finding new specimen of land animals every day. So imagine we've we've gone across the moon and we've got we've studied the moon to ninety to ninety eight percent. The ocean we've only studied like five to ten percent because we can't literally get down there to study it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're gonna find new creatures every. Day. There's probably there's probably all kinds of things we've never even seen. Yeah. This is an example. Um, do you know what geothermal vents are? No. Okay. You, you yeah, geothermal vents. So geothermal vents are these uh, underwater vents that uh, have these gas bubbles come from underneath, like the mantle. You know what mantle is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have these lava plumes coming out, but it's it's just the gas. Everyone assumed in like the 30s to like the 80s mm-hmm. that nothing could nothing could live down there. When we finally got the first camera there. We found an entire ecosystem 
just like uh, Antarctica recently, we finally got probes and we got cameras down in that glacial ice. Mm-hmm. We always assumed that nothing could live there. We found a gigantic plethora of an entire ecosystem, floral and fauna and fish and mm-hmm. all these other things that we were just like, no, this can't exist. So yes, life can proceed anywhere and everywhere. Wow. You see, I think the reason why we tend to think that, oh, nothing can live there is because as humans, we, we can only adapt to certain areas, certain environments, certain And these creatures have been there for millions oh. of years. We have to remember that these animals can go far beyond a human's capabilities. Mm-hmm. They can live in extreme heat, extreme cold, drought, rain, anything. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, like, the one of my favorite examples is the ice worm. Ice worm? Yeah. So, like, this worm has the capability of burrowing through ice. Not, mm-hmm. not ground, like we all assume a worm can do. No, mm-hmm. this thing can eat through ice that we can't even punch through. What the? Because it's so thick and it's so dense and it's so old. But wow. yet this thing can just weasel its way through. Wow. That's it's, crazy. It's it's That's so interesting, cool. actually. That's and crazy. I, I really look forward to because there's there's a new field of science coming out. I think you'll really, really like this. Is um, exo marine biology. Exo meaning out of the planet. Mm-hmm. So there's this study of field of uh, marine biology. That's this. Well, so we have ice caps on the moon, yeah. and we also have ice caps on the Mars. There could potentially be life in those. Not just potentially. We've already found bacteria. Josh is, like, shocked about it. Yeah. He's like, what like the, the heck, bro? <laughs> if we know that these, like, a good example is Antarctica. If we know that there's an entire ecosystem down there, why can't there be in those ice caps that are thick, like, a mile thick? That's how thick these ice caps are. So there's easily, other, like, movable water down there. There's definitely going to be an ecosystem. Hands down. We just have to drill that far. It's going to be phenomenal. It's so cool. But I want to see what creatures are gonna look like on another. That's what I want to see. Planet. No. Who knows, man? I don't know. Well, okay. Really, I don't know how the future is gonna look like. You know. There's but. this one TV show called Exoplanet. Exo- and they do. I think uh, I heard of it before. They yeah. do never... 3D representations, and it's perfectly scientific, like to the T, of what animals and creatures and flora and fauna would look like in these types of environments. Like, they, the one episode was of this giant whale being that floated through the gaseous clouds of Jupiter, which would, if you think about it, be completely possible. Or jellyfish that were the size of a building floating through gaseous clouds, which mm-hmm. uh, gas and water, the same thing. One just so happened to have, uh, like, a different molecular structure. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, if you think about the dynamics of gas and liquid, it's the same. True. Yeah, just you know me in science. Yeah, I know. I know, man. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I'm just. I'm. I'm glad you're being yourself, man. I'm glad you're telling the audience about all that kind of stuff. You know, just it's crazy, man. You study, I know you study a lot. You know about science and everything like that. It's kind of cool and pretty interesting. And when you mention that, there's another thought that comes to mind. A lot of people know the one of the moons. I forget which planet it is, but oh, it's, um, a moon it's, called Jupiter. Ti- it's a moon called Titan. It's Jupiter. Titans, okay. Titans, Jupiter's moon. I, I thought you were talking about like the um the show Titans. Oh, no, no, no. I was about to say like, there's I was a moon like, called Titan. And I was about to, Josh. I was about to say like, wait, what, bro? Its oceans are literally constructed of gas. Yeah, methane. If I'm not mistaken. Me- yeah, it's methane. 
That's quite interesting. And to, wow. think, to think that something could potentially live in that kind of area is really mind-blowing. Wow. Because we, and, and this is another reason we're trying to get deeper in the earth is to quite understand life in that kind of environment so possibly we can understand it on other planets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. It's just fascinating to me. Oh, no, okay, again, on this really interesting um, species thing, did you know they found plankton in space? Oh, wow. Yeah. They found it on their satellites, and they were trying to understand where it was coming from. They thought it was coming from the evaporation of water off the planet. No. It's coming from space to the planet. Oh, wow. Isn't that insane? Plankton. Do you want plankton on? No. Microorganisms, basically, that can live in the sea. Oh, thank you. They're not just in the sea. They come from space. Wow. Where there's no atmosphere, there's no nothing. Jeez. The the only reason they realize this is because the uh, um, International Space Station were getting these weird films on their outside of their glass. Mm -hmm. What is this? So they scrape some off. Okay. Analysis. It's plankton. Wow. And then they were trying to they were trying to figure out which direction it was coming from, and eventually figured out it was coming from space to the Earth. Wow. So it means also if you think about it, if there are space plankton, that means there's space creatures. Space creatures that would have to feed on the plankton. Exactly. Isn't that a weird thought? Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Because as we all know, filter feeders, they specifically feed on those kinds of things. So it's if you think crazy. about it, the whale theory is actually not that far fetched. Well, it's not far fetched at all. The Especially with the being of in existence of space plankton. Yeah, it was like the math is there for if space plankton exists, then we all know whales feed on krill, plankton, things of that Imagine nature. Imagine a space whale that, like, somehow feeds on that. Ah, that's so mind-blowing. I know, man. It's a lot of crazy Reminds stuff. me of that Rick and Morty joke. Everything's in space, uh, Morty. Everything's in space. Rick and Morty? Yeah. You haven't seen that? Of course I have. I man. watched every episode. Dang, man. That's crazy. It used to be, it's one of my favorite shows, but I don't watch it anymore. Because, you know, I'm getting old. Not old, I mean Time's older. Time's irrelevant matter. You just yeah, quantitatively yeah. analyze our own existence. <sighs> Nick, Nikki, come on, man. You, you don't need to see that. And Josh is like, dude, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, water bottle. Um, so, yeah. Um, next question, okay? Oh. Since we talk a lot for that question. <laughs> a lot. But, but good information, though, guys. Good. Um, what is... What is your worst injury uh, while fishing? Um, I don't really have like any severe injuries. I like I got a, I've gotten a fish hook in my finger plenty of times, but like my worst one, I guess, is uh almost cutting my fingertip off. Oh, that's <laughs> that's not good, bro. So like, remember that same <laughs> that's fish not story good, I told you about the redfish that I caught and everything with the two hooks? And oh yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm bringing that home as a kid. Okay. And uh, my great grandma was like, "Oh, do you want to clean the fish yourself?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm a kid. I want to do all the things myself." Mm-hmm. So I'm taking a fish knife, which a you're not supposed to do. True. Uh, you're only supposed to use those to actually fillet fish. <laughs> you're supposed to use a spoon to descale fish. So I'm using a fillet knife to descale fish, and I just so happen to be holding the fish ever so slightly where my fingertip is up. And as I'm going away and not paying attention, and I slice off the very tip of my finger. Wow. And I mean, like, a good chunk to the point where, to this day, like, my fingertip is actually literally two centimeters off the other fingertip. Mm-hmm. And you only if you put them together can you notice a difference, but it's there. 
Dang, that's crazy. What about you, Josh? What is your worst um, injury, man? Tell us about it today, man. Mine would probably have to be stepping on an oyster shell barefoot. Oof. Oh, man. Ooh, I bet you got shredded up. It's, did, it, did he cry? It sliced my foot pretty good, at least a quarter-inch deep. Oh, yeah, it just got cut up real good. Dang now, on man. the bright side, it was in salt water, and salt water acts a natural healer. When, when did this happen? Um, that was a few years ago when I was fishing the Bailey Bridge. I was, I had thrown my crab trap out, and the line had snapped, so mm-hmm. I had to wade in the water to get my crab trap back. And when okay. I did, there was an oyster bar for right underneath. Oh, man. We always walk with slippers, man. Yeah, always, always man. man. Well, at least we tried to, you know. <laughs> Dang. Um, for me, um, I gotta be honest, I I haven't got any injuries from wild fishing, you know. I haven't got I never got a hook stuck to um to my finger before. I know I, I know some people have. I heard it's pain in the butt, dude. It's a pain. Yeah. Have you known anyone that that happened to them before? Oh yeah. Everyone many has it happened. Oh. Everyone. Jeez, man. I heard it's pain in the butt. But so, my yeah. friend told me he was fishing with his grandfather, and he went to cast back, hooked his grandfather's hat, and yanked it right off his head. <laughs> Dang, that's crazy, bro. <laughs> uh, this would be a funny one, and I'm sorry to say this on air, but imagine a nudist fishing. Oh my lord! <laughs> Jeez, man. Oh well. Okay, next question. <laughs> that's. Mm. Um, what's, okay, so, I'm going to ask you guys your opinion, okay? Of course, it's a question, but, um, what skills have you learned, um, from fishing? Oh, actually, that's, that's pretty easy. Um, honestly, I got all my camping and my survival stuff from that. Not all of it, but I'd say a good majority of it came from wanting to be able to fish. Because, like, I learned how to make my own fire when I was fairly little. Really? I learned how to, like, whittle and make your own fishing hooks out of bone when I was fairly little, too. Okay. Um, I like to live and survive off the land anyways. Mm-hmm. That's just who I am. But that's just my inherent survival instinct. Like, I'm the guy who has a go-bag in their house, mm-hmm. if you know what that means. I do. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And, like, that go-bag has got everything. Wow. And I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. I could easily work and live off the land if I needed to. Dang. What about you, Josh? What skills have you learned? Um, definitely camping survival skills, like you said. Um, a lot of patience. Definitely a lot of patience. Okay. Have you guys ever, um, do Boy Scouts before? No, I, I thought it was. Stupid. I've done something similar in my youth group. It's called the Royal Rangers. We do all the things a Boy Scout would do, but we do like church things involved with it. Okay. Because I used to be to be. I know this is gonna be interesting. I used to be in Boy Scouts when I was in um seventh grade to eighth grade, mm-hmm. because um. I know, um, this was back in, this was in Germany, so I was, I used to go Boy Scouts with my best friend Manning and all that, and, um, it's like a church thing too and all that, but, um, so it was, it was actually pretty fun and all that, so, yeah, I, then I stopped doing it after, like, after 8th grade, so I didn't want to do it no more, so, yeah, um, yeah. No, I feel like fishing teaches you all that basic Oh, yeah, for, for me, oh, yeah, I forgot what I was supposed to say, but, um, the skills that I learned from fishing is mostly like patience and all that, mm-hmm. because some people they don't have patience. Oh, they have no patience. Because I bet some people are like, 
oh my god, catch anything. Then they just throw the yeah, fishing like five pole. Five seconds into it, they haven't caught anything. They're, they're, like, like, they're, they're like, five minutes later, they're like, I quit, bro. And I've seen then it happen. Just I've seen it happen. Really? People have actually thrown their uh, fishing pole in the water. poles over the water out of frustration. Huh. I'll just go get it afterwards. All right, that's a free pole. Oh, I did. <laughs> that's Dang. a free pole. Dang. Yeah, I thought that was crazy, man. Like, patience is the key, guys. If you don't have patience in fishing, then I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> okay, so what are the challenges while fishing? Um, keeping your cool and having patience is the greatest and the hardest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, I agree. Yeah, what about you, Josh? Definitely dealing with disappointment and having to retie your line and just have patience enough to re-rig your stuff if you lose something mm -hmm. and being okay with not always getting the biggest fish exactly yeah mm. yeah it's not a competition it's all about having fun but oh yeah of course yeah i agree you with that, you guys like, but everything in our world nowadays is all about competitiveness and we're all about being the big the big person and who gets the best thing when we all kind of forget that we just need to enjoy ourselves. We all, exactly, yeah. We I all agree, forget man. natural moral values that guide us towards friendships and relationships exactly. with people. Okay. Everyone <laughs> assumes that we have to be better than the other person. When that's it, that doesn't really matter, to be honest. Well, you know? but that's inherently what causes the like clash of people, typically, is that. Mm -hmm. So when you take that out of the ordeal or you even take it out of the equation, you actually become a Yeah, we just gotta be ourselves, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, I, I agree with you, Nikki and Josh, on your opinions. Um, so yeah, um, for me the challenges is probably like um, probably not ca catching anything, something like that. Catch if I don't catch a fish, I'll be like, oh man. But yeah, for me, you get kind of bummed out. Yeah, for me, but I, I don't really care because um, I just for me in my mind I always think that like oh it's all about having fun just. If you don't catch anything, then, you know, and it's fine. It's fine. You just just enjoy the nature, you know? One thing about fishing is a lot of people look at it as, oh, I'm spending a lot of money on bait. I'm having to constantly put money aside and waste it on bait. Mm -hmm. When that's something you got to accept. Well, yeah. also, people kind of forget the, how to get their own bait. That too, yeah. Like, uh, most people don't even realize that, like, one of the favorite, like, my, I love catching catfish. I always go crawfish hunting first before I go uh, catfish hunting because they love cat. I mean, they, catfish love crawfish. So if you get that first, or uh, same thing with worms. People don't even know how to go worming anymore. Oh yeah, I don't even. I know you, old way you, you probably don't, do you? No. In fact, yeah. two knock on the wood, man. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, you knock on the wood and they all pop all up. Pop up. Yep. No, no. We didn't, yeah, we didn't knock on the table. It's okay. <laughs> Nikki's like, what? Bro? I stopped myself. Dang, <laughs> dang. Um, so I gotta ask you guys this too. Um, where are some fun facts about fishing? I think the funnest fact for me is like all of the little old school things that no one really remembers anymore. Like that that. Like, like you mean like you mean like the history of it? You know, well, yeah, I guess that. But I mean, like a, a good example is like most people don't even know how to go get their bait anymore. But to me, I think that's one of the coolest, most fascinating things because. I like to be self-sufficient about mm. everything that I do. Okay. And um, that boils down to the tiniest little minute detail. Like, how many people would make 
their own, uh, or they don't even know how to make their own fishing reel mm-hmm. or like rod or lures or, or, anything. Lures or anything. And we we all have to buy these things. And don't get me wrong, yeah, it's it's nice to buy some sometimes, but like you don't have to all the time. And, like a good example is you went out with a bamboo stick and just duct taped yeah, some line, and you still caught in. some fish. You don't have to have the biggest rod or the biggest reel or any of those crazy things to do any of that stuff. You can have the simplest, most mundane things and still get the most fun out of it. And I feel like that's a that's a really big thing we've kind of started to miss, especially with like fish finders and mm. all these other equipment that modern technology has definitely made fishing a lot easier, but like it's also taken some of the some of the joy out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and and like I, I hate to say that it has, but it has. And mm-hmm. the same thing goes with the laws. Like you're not allowed to fish at certain spots anymore because a company owns this water. Mm-hmm. That's to me, it's illegal. I understand how technically it's legal, but yeah, there's so many r- rights that you're going against and just trying to enjoy nature. Like I and I, I'm just coming. No, you get me. It happened to me too, so you ain't the um, only one. I don't know. I think the most fun you get out of it is the nature aspect and bringing it down to its or spend it Or spending time with family too. Well, yeah. yeah, I'm so used to not spending time with family. Oh, you're good. It's my, fun though. My family's not the best. It's, it's fine. We're, we have our own family problems, you know? So yeah, that's all of us. We make does. our own. <laughs> but uh, seriously, that's, that's what I feel like. I don't know. No, no. You can go ahead. And like you said, like the old rudimentary ways of fishing, a lot of people don't know this, but back in the day, they had something called a trot line. Mm-hmm. And what a trot line is... The little spinner. Yeah, you, have, seen you have this yes. long line of all kinds of different it's baits so on cool. it, basically. But what people don't realize is back in the day, they actually used to use ivory soap for catfish. Yeah, I do remember this. Dang. They used to put chunks of soap. Chunks on of like, ivory soap? Really? On like, yeah, that's what he's trying to explain to you. Oh, I knew okay. you didn't understand yeah, that, so that's why I'm trying to explain the, it. They'd take like, the soap like, bar and they'd shave chunks off of and it. And they put it on the fishing line. And the ivory, would like it, it tastes good to the fish. Mm-hmm. So they'd literally go after the soap and try to eat the soap. What? And so you wouldn't even have to go get bait. you just make a little soap and blah, blah, boom, you got fish. Wow, <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty interesting. It's, it's cool. smart, actually. And like, and the weird thing with these trout lines too is, um, there's another version of them where you basically it's like, uh, what's the standing fishing pole like you see people at the beach? Oh, uh, surf fishing. Surf fishing. Okay, you know the surf people who surf fish. They actually yeah, I've like seen it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can do the same thing with a big stick. So what you do is you do the PVC pipe, put a big stick in it, and then you put ring a uh, string of rope yeah. on the end. Mm-hmm. And you throw it off. You'll leave it there for a day or two. You come and back, see it. and if it's bending, or some people put uh, bells on them too. I've yeah, seen that. which there's uh, jug fishing too. Yeah, I love those. Those are really cool too. Um, it's just these inventive ways of fishing that are just phenomenal. You guys, um, um, have you guys ever fished while it was raining? Oh yeah, um, but I, I really don't enjoy it, but. Because, one, it, it's not the best time to fish. Because the fish, right when they feel the trickle on the top of the water, they immediately start to go underneath and deeper and deeper. So, like, yes and no, it's not good for fishing. Because in theory, eh, since all the fish are deeper and actually together, you, if you find the spot, you can get a lot of fish. But only if you're willing to wait in that rain. Oh. And it's not fun. 
Oh, it's not for me. It's not fun while it's raining. It's, it sucks, man. It sucks. What about you, Josh? Have you ever uh, fished while it was raining? Oh, yeah, many times. And same thing. Honestly, it's not fun or enjoyable, but, you know, if you're already there and it starts raining, then... That's why you bring a poncho. <laughs> oh, man. You can use a poncho as a tent. Really? You know yeah. So oh, the man. old military... Uh, I have the old military ponchos, and that's literally what they're built for, mm. is to make them end tents. So you can um, sit underneath and not have to worry about anything. It's kind of cool. Wow, man. Um, okay, um, so what's the most fish you ever caught in one day for you guys? For me, it's only like three or four. I feel like you're about to tell me a lot more. For me, it was probably about 20. Holy cow. That's a lot of fish. Wait, how many? 20. 20 in yeah. one day? Wow. That's I think a lot of I think When I went deep sea fishing, it was enough to fill the entire stringer. How many are you allowed to keep? All of them that's legal. Dang. As many as the legal amount says you can. That's cool. I think I had about eight snapper and 12 drunks. That's insane. Wow. That's crazy, man. Wow. What can you do with that much fish meat? Yeah, I want want the two, Josh. I want to know, too. Yeah, I guess you just have a big freezer. Well, I kept it since I was deep sea fishing it. It seems like a lot of meat, it seems like but they were a little baby snappers. Oh, yeah, they okay. were they were little baby B-liner snappers, so they were only That's like still that. a lot, man. still a lot of meat. Still oh yeah, I mean meat. the bag was like two pounds. Wow, I feel like it would have been a little bit more. Or no, actually, I think it was like three or four. Yeah, I feel like it would have been like. 45. Yeah, it was like three or four because okay. yeah, it was seventy-five cent a pound, and it was seventy-five cent a pound. We paid like eight something, so. That's yeah, dude, that's, that's, that's that's about more than, that's actually about six. That's more than that. Seven. More than that. Eight. More than that. Twelve? If you, do, if you do eight times 75, that's not eight dollars. It would be eight dollars if it was dollar a pound. Or no, it wasn't. Uh, sorry, it wasn't 75 cents anymore. I think it, was, I think it bumped up to a dollar 25. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it would be roughly like Yeah, it was a dollar 25. It was a six pounds. Dang. Um, what about you? What about you, Nikki? Most I've ever gotten one sitting was like four or five, man. It's not that many at all. Wow. Can, can you guess mine? What, like two? More. Oh, okay. It's from DC fishing. Ten. Oh, of course. It's lower. Eight. Yep. Yep. I caught eight. I I was like, finally. What kind of fish were the? I think it was the, I think it was a snapper. I think, but I'm not sure. But uh-huh. but I did have a good time though. It was really fun. I was like, I finally caught eight. Whoa! <laughs> so I was I was so hyped up, man. I was I had a good time, man, with my family members. This was during um. When was it? Two years ago, the same thing with the shark thing. Okay. What happened? So it's just that actually happened. So I caught eight of them. I was like, "Yes, finally, I finally had some fun." It's like I gotta be honest with you, deep sea boat fishing is really fun, man. It really is compared to like actual like fishing I, while sitting in the I chair. I wanna go on a charter boat one day, dude. Dude, that is so fun. I know. So yeah, man. Um, yeah, that's it, guys. Um. That was the last question, man, and um, I just want to say thank you guys for being I here. I feel like this was a lot longer than our last time, Junior. I know. It was longer. Yeah. How long is it? It feels like it um, is. It's like an hour and 50 right now. Hour 15? 50. So hour 45. Yeah. yeah. Hour 45 minutes. It yeah. was actually pretty fun um, talking about the fishing experience and the science of it, too, and all that. So I'm going to get one statement in before you go, though. Okay, Remember, sure. Yeah, what's, it? what's you up? You UFOs underwater. Oh man, UFOs, bum bum bum. Yeah. Um. So, 
Yeah, I had a good time talking about fishing experience with you guys too. Like our embarrassed moments too. Right, that's like talk about it. That's actually that's actually my favorite question. In this. Of course it was me and my defecation. Story. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we're gonna have more in the future. Uh, of course, we will have more. Oh, yeah. Well, postpartum depression. Oh my god. <laughs> no flatulence. Yeah. yeah, I just want to say thank you guys, and um, and I just want to say to my audience that my podcast will be every Friday. I'm just not. Sure, this the second episode will be uploaded. I'm not sure yet. It, it, it will probably be in the Apple Podcast or Spotify, or it could be in both. But I, yeah, I'm not sure when it's gonna get be uploaded. But I, but I know that it will get uploaded sometime this year. It's not gonna be like next year, but I know probably next month. I'm I'm just not sure, guys. So yeah, to let you guys know, my podcast will be every Friday. So yeah, um, yeah, like I said, guys. Um, thank you, Nikki, for being here. Thank you. Talk about the fishing experience and you too, Josh. Thank you. And hope and I hope you guys have a good day, okay? And bye guys, bye. See you. See you guys.